Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Thank you all so much for um, sending in, you know, the text and everything just to let me know that that God is talking and God is speaking and God is working. And I celebrate your growth. I celebrate our growth together because God is so, so good to us and so merciful just to allow us the time to actually get it together. I've entitled this one, you know, My Life Matters. And after looking around in the world and you see the history of the black and brown people and how they have been mistreated and, you know, they couldn't speak. And now we have the liberty to speak and we're still not exercising our power. And we need to come to the point where we actually, we literally start to exercise every power that we have. I want to start by saying, by reading Psalms 51 and 6 says, behold, thou God, desirous truth in the inward parts, truth in the inward parts. And when truth becomes, it becomes your nature. This is what we're trying to get to. God's nature is truth and we are made in his image. And we have to actually get down to the point where truth is always penetrating and truth is our motivation for everything that's happening. And then we go to Ephesians 4.25. What this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. You end up denying yourself of goodness when you refuse to tell the truth. So I want you to say with me, no more silent suicide. No more silent suicide. My life matters. I am meant to be seen, loved, appreciated in all of my relationships. So we have to know your role and know God's role. God will not do what he has given us the power to do. He will not do that's going past his boundaries. He gave us power. He gave us power to tread on serpents and scorpions and every evil thing. He gave us the power to speak things into existence. He gave us the power to heal the sick and to raise the dead. We can, we have power in our mouths to create what we want to see. Bishop said a couple of Sundays ago that our words frame our world. So what are we actually saying? And what are we believing in our hearts? Do you believe that you are a powerful being with creative power in your mouth? So I want you to realize that you have a role and God has a role. And speaking the truth is not optional. The truth is always liberated. It says the truth will make you free. The truth is always liberated once it is accepted because it leads to knowledge. The truth leads to understanding. The truth leads to wisdom and it leads to effective problem solving. That's what the truth does. Therefore, 
it can free us from enslaved deceptions of suffering. Mm -hmm. So why are we suffering? Are we just suffering because we refuse to speak the truth? Are we afraid of the truth? Mm -hmm. Are we afraid of that rejection? See, right now we're calling ourselves, we, why, you know, we're in God, but are we free? We say we are part of God, but are we free? free. Freedom free. in God is what we're after. Free to be completely what you created me to be. Free to practice my power. Free to accept what you created. Free. And until you see yourself as God sees you, you will always fall short of your finish line. And, and there, there's something that God is trying to make you. What you are looking at or admiring in somebody else is already in you. Yeah. All you have to do is come to that awareness. Align yourself with God. Say what the truth is and stick to it. So what would you lose right now if you told the truth? Can it get any worse than the suffering you're already going through? Can it get any worse than being rejected? You ain't telling the truth, but you still feel rejected. You feel you still feel unworthy. You still feel unloved. Why not tell the truth? Now, on the other side of that, I want you to ask yourself, what would I gain right now if I told the truth? What would I gain? What would I gain? What do you think? Why do you think David and Paul were such icons in scripture? Yes. Yes. It, for God to say you are a man after my own heart, after all the things that David did. Mm. And what I admire most about David is his quick repentance. <laughs> and David was always straight up with God, yes, straight yes. conversation, yes. whether he was right or wrong. He still had the conversation and he was very transparent in his ways. When he wanted his enemies dead, he told the Lord, I want the enemies dead. When he's, when he talked about his praise and you know, you are the, you're the one desire of my heart and talk and related it to deer and, you know, panting out the water and the Lord is my shepherd. He was always speaking his truth yeah. and God called him a man after his own heart. Yes, yes. So we can take a lesson from David and we can take a lesson from Paul. And Paul was still at the point where it didn't matter what he was going through. He was telling God the truth, the things that I would do, I don't do. I and don't the things do. that I want to do, I don't do. And he was just so transparent yes, with yes, God. Yes. What are you afraid to discuss with God tonight? He is a loving God and he already knows. So you may as well yes, tell him, yes. but he called, we can admire these men because they always kept it real and transparent. Yes, yes. Now I don't mean we're going through the day talking about my day was terrible mm -hmm. and you know, all of this stuff, but you can say I had a rough day, but God is able to do and fix every situation. Mm -hmm. So even in your honesty, your honesty has the end in faith yes. because the faith is what activates God to fix what you formerly said. Oh. So everything we say has, we're not giving space to the devil and we're not going to become pre predictable puppets of Satan because we're always going to give God the glory yes. at the end of the day. You may have had a bad day. You may have had a rough day. But the day is not bad because you lived through it. Come on. Come so you on. can always say my day was rough, 
but God still gets the victory yeah. and God is still working. So every statement needs to end and hinge on faith. Yes. Some of us need to just pray for opportunity to tell the truth about the, the destructive language people are speaking into your life. You know, I heard a preacher recently talk about constructive criticism versus constructive criticism. And so I, I was thinking about it with this lesson and I said, okay, constructive criticism. So if you're not a part of my construction, you can't offer constructive criticism. That's just destructive criticism. Mm -hmm. But when you are speaking out of love and you are a part of building me up or I'm a part of building you up, that's what makes it constructive because we're trying to construct something. We're trying to pull something out of each other so that we can become better people. And if you have a loved one that you're not telling this truth, you are a part of their destruction. Destruction, not construction. You are searing them in a bad way way. We must always be authentic. And some feel like they have to put up with, you know, we have people that, you know, we've done it before too, because sometimes it's our culture. We feel like we got to work for everything. Uh And we feel like once I do something, it's a sentence on it. But some of you may feel like, Hey, I got an, I, 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 you know, I, I made a bad decision and you feel like you deserve the abuse that comes along and you keeping your mouth shut in abusive situations. But I'm telling you right now, all you have to do is repent for the decision because repentance puts you right back at the place where, where you repented. You lose no ground with repentance. Repentance restores your status right away. And I love what Micah 7, 18 through 19 says, Where is the God who can compare with you? Wiping the slate clean of guilt, turning a blind eye, a deaf ear to past sins of our purged and precious people. You don't nurse your anger and don't stay angry long for mercy is your specialty. That's what you love most. And compassion is on its way to us. You'll stamp out our wrongdoing. You'll sink our sins to the bottom of the ocean. And that's what God does. So why are we walking around with our mouths closed in abusive situations? No, it's not always hands on, but it could just be the way you talk to me. It could be, you know, it is your responsibility to speak the truth. Stop carrying the weight of your mistakes. Repent and give it to God and let him restore you back to your place. When you're not healed, you attract destruction. When you're not healed, you attract destruction. But your life matters. matters. You can't reconcile a a relationship if it's not built on the truth. And we talked about last week being in denial and then having faith. You don't deny what's going on. But you still have faith. And I think we addressed that a little earlier. And telling the truth is not always easy. But it's the right thing to do. Be bold about this. 
Tell the truth, even if it hurts. And just like last week, the truth hurts. Y'all know we sit in church and when the message comes forth, the the truth is just cutting you all up inside. Oh my Lord. I mean, Lord, are you, do you just have a spotlight on me? This is how I feel when the word is coming on and it hurts, but it doesn't harm me. It's for my upbuilding. So that's what that truth does. That's what that truth does. You're you not saying no is a yes to your destruction. Our consent gives others permission to how to treat us. Our consent gives others permission in how to treat us. And I have, you know, and a part of me is, you know, I really, really, really had a problem telling people no. So I was just everywhere doing everything. And I remember one time, um, somebody had called me to pick them up for, for work. And their job was five minutes from their house. And it would have been a 40 minute ride for me to take mm-hmm. them to work. Yes. And I said, Oh, I knew I had made up my mind. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but now what do I tell? What do I tell the person? Why? And I'm sitting up here struggling, keep texting and erasing and texting and erasing and texting and erasing. I was like, this is a lot. So anyway, I ended up, you know, talking and then I Watts was near me, which is one of my friends. And she was like, what is wrong with you? Tell the person, no, ma'am, and keep on moving. But I couldn't do it. And she was like, who taught you that you have to write sentences? Just say, no, ma'am. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. But instead, we're trying to make up stuff, practicing deception. You know, we on the line. We, we can tell everybody everything but no, but not to, not anymore. We're saying no for our own safety. We have, we cannot stay in these manipulated relationships. So maybe if you are a parent and you keep doing favor, kids not, not being there. And then, you know, you're looking at God and you're feeling unworthy and unhappy and, and unloved. We self-inflict pains when we refuse to set boundaries yes. and communicate them. Yes. Remember the cycle, no boundaries, resentment, anger, bitterness, Hatred. Yes. Our relationships be truthful, truthful, transparent, and honest. Yes. So I was sitting at my desk last week, and this thought just came straight at me. And it says, Your tongue is the pen to your future. My God. My God. I said, What? What? So I was, it said, Your tongue, tongue. is the pen to your future. If you want to be free, use your tongue. If you want to create something, use your tongue. Your tongue is the pen to your future. There is no, and then we have this other component that we all are afraid of, and it's confrontation. You cannot have a relationship without confrontation. Confrontation and arguments are normal. And once you realize that something is normal, you can adjust to it. Okay, we might have a spat, but it was worth it to find our truth. The problem comes in when we stop there. When we stop there. But you're going to have some confrontations. And I'll share a little story. Um, I think it was one time... And I'm sure Tiana's going to start laughing at this. But one time, uh, I think 
we were in choir rehearsal and I think Delmar threw a shoe or something. And I had to remember that I was in church and I said, I'm in church and I'm in church and I'm in church. And I was so mad. I got so mad. But y'all know, I, t- I told y'all about my communication issues. But at this point, me and Delmar are talking. You know, he's trained me enough to, Danielle, you got to talk. Danielle, so I'm I'm in the car. And, you know, first of all, I, I got to do my silent thing. I got to get myself together. I got to get myself together. And because me and Delmar, we were just like, okay, we can go into, we, we go regardless of who looking. We just going to be real. And I remember talking to T. I called Tion while I was in the car. And I said, Tion, I am so mad. I cannot believe such and such and such a happened. And I'm just going off. And Tion just asked me the question. She said, where's Delmar? And I said, he's driving. And we laughed so hard because I was telling her and telling him at the same time, but he got the message, but I just felt like I had to explode and tell my truth. But I mean, that's just one. I have some extreme examples with communication, but um, that's just one of the examples. But, you know, just owning it and just saying, I don't want to do this. You know, how many of y'all are out there that you just doing stuff that you don't want to do is taxing you, it's costing you, yes, and nothing yes. is more expensive than your time. Yes, nothing. Yes. So yes. if it's this important, we have to be proactive and not reactive. Proactive and not reactive. Proactive people do not demand rights. They practice their power of love. Mm -hmm. And when you love God and you love others, remember, you can't love the next person until you love yourself. So we have to be good stewards. We are good stewards when we set boundaries. You might be spending too much time doing something that's not going to matter. And that could be time that you could be given to God, even in our giving, in our worship and in our lives. So God, let's use God as an example. He sets some boundaries for us. He gives us the Ten Commandments. He tells us to not forsake, you know, even with communion, that we should do it often. And then he tells us he has a boundary in how we can treat each other. We can't just run each other over. We have to treat our enemies well. We have to treat each other well. We have to love one another. God sets these boundaries to protect us from danger. And that's what you, in, in, in turn, when we set boundaries, it protects us from danger. But even through scripture, God keeps the whole Bible is a book of boundaries that keeps us in line so we can make it so we can see his face. And you may have a goal in your life. And until you set boundaries, you're going to keep getting sidetracked with foolishness and distractions until you can learn how to say no. We will get what we tolerate. I want you to really, 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 there's nothing deep about this. This is just something you have to make up your mind to do. So maybe you have an out of control spouse. By you setting your boundaries, they need to experience the necessary pain for them to feel what you feel in the marriage. I mean, it's, it's in all levels. If you don't communicate what you need and what you what you expect, then you're going to get somebody else's boundaries. If you, the only thing that keeps you with your friend is your compliance, then it's not real. If you, the only reason why you're together is because you're complying with each other. 
and it's nothing real that's going on that we're not breaking up marriages you're gonna work it out Right. You're going to work it out. But you don't want to be in any relationship where you're the only compliant one taking out others' orders. You want a strong relationship. Yes. So yes. you have to set these boundaries. Other than that, you're building on sand and it's not going to last long. So the most difficult boundary we have to set is with our loved ones, yes, all right? Yes, yes. So you have to be careful, even with your loved ones. If, if it's money, if it's you always need a babysitter, if it's a ride, if it's, you know, your child, or if it's money, when we, we become predictable in our silent abuse, yes, we become yeah, predictable. Yeah. And don't you get what you tolerate. So if you're the person that they always call, you're going to have to stand up and say, no, no, no. The only suffering I really see in scriptures for righteousness sake. Yeah. I see I see suffering for Jesus sake, but I don't see suffering because I'm afraid to say no. We are agents of change. Yes. When we are truthful, there has to be, if you're in, out here and you're just saying stuff, you know, you say your no, but then you comply with your no, it has to be a consequence. Yes. It has to be a consequence. You cannot continue to do the same thing and say something new. You have to stick to what you're saying, which means I'm the only one I can control. So when I tell you something and you don't want to listen, I have to remove myself from the situation. So it's consequence. It has to be some type of consequence. I don't mean that you fighting and all that crazy stuff. Is that you have to, within yourself, you have to have that boundary and that consequence. That consequence. Some things we may have to leave undone mm -hmm. and give others the chance to grow in. Give space for them to pick up dinner, do the laundry, tidy up, buy you a gift, vacuum, appreciate you, yes. treat you to lunch, yes. you know, call you in the middle of the day. There are some things that you, that's what I mean by there has to be some consequence, which means that it may drive you crazy to give them space to grow. But that's a consequence. You yes. can't say it and then turn around and do it. So we don't reward bad behavior. Right. So when you refuse to say no, you are actually rewarding that bad behavior. And you're telling the person, it's okay for you to treat me this way. Uh -huh. There are decisions that only you can make. Yes. Boundaries are the quality control of relationships. They are the quality the quality control. And I love the way, you know, I was thinking about Jesus setting boundaries and every story basically has a boundary. Even when he was asking those people when he passed by, one of his boundaries was, where's your faith? You know, mm -hmm. when he asked them, you know, well, what do you believe? He, al he always had a way of saying, well, what do you believe what I can do? Believe? What, what do you believe, believe I do? Yeah. So it, it, to me, it just taught me that God will meet us at the point of our faith. Yes, he he meets us. But then there was a, a clear story about the rich young ruler and he, you know, he said, it, it, I think it's Matthew 19, 16 through 22. I'm going to read that. Another day, a man stopped Jesus and, and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter to 
enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I've done all of that. What's left? If you want to give it all you got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions. Uh Give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come follow me. That's what the last thing, that was the last thing the young man expected to hear. Crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding tight to a lot of things. And he couldn't bear right, to let right, go. Right, right, right. So basically, Jesus, this this guy, he he was good. He was good. Oh yeah, Jesus, that's mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah. That's no problem. But then, Jesus, you asked me for something that I treasure more than you, Jesus. That was Jesus' boundary with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't come back when the when the guy walked away. He didn't say, okay, 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 okay just ninety five percent of what you got, no, or just eighty percent. Just give me eighty percent. No, Jesus let him walk away. Yeah. And that's how we have to be in our in our decisions. We have to let some people walk away. It's okay. It's okay because eventually you're going to get down to what you need in the relationship. We want to make sure. We want to realize that our life matters. Say it with me. My life My matters. Life. Do you know that you're worth it? You you are the one that Jesus died for. You are the one that he makes plans. You are the one that he puts on his to-do list every single day. Man ain't going to treat me worse than God does, you know? So you have to realize what you're into. This is a relationship. Do we realize how much we've lost by, by not being transparent? Love always looks out for the best interest of a person. So I want you to think about what are you saying yes to that there's a no in your heart to? Because an internal no nullifies an external yes. Mm -hmm. An internal no nullifies an external yes. God is more concerned with our hearts than he is with our outward compliance. In other words, if we say yes to God or anyone else we really mean no to, We move into a position of compliance. And that is the same as lying with our lips with a yes. But our hearts are, but our hearts are often half-hearted actions say no. We embrace abuse and we forfeit our blessings of freedom. And then I saw this quote by Augustine. It says, before God can deliver us, we must undeceive ourselves. So that's bring it to God. Bring it to God. God, this is me. Own it. Own it that I have allowed people to do this to me. Own it that I have not been truthful. Own it that I have not been honest. And then he says, wounds cannot be healed until they are revealed. Wounds cannot be healed until they are revealed. And sometimes the hardest part of being healed is saying what, what it is, what it is that has stolen my victory, what it is that has stolen my joy, what it is that has that stolen my peace. We tell the wrong people no. We tell people yes. And then we tell God no. So what are we doing? 
you know, we, we're so concerned about looking good and feeling good and just doing all of this stuff. And then at the same time, we have told God no in our actions. Yeah, we say we say yes with our lips, but we constantly tell no, God no with our actions. And we know God loves us. And we know that God is looking out yes, for our best yes, interest. Yes. And we know that we need God. Yes. And we know that God is our only solution. But we continuously tell him no because we have not set any spiritual boundaries as well. So we now we're bound boundaryless. We don't have any natural boundaries and we don't have any spiritual boundaries. We need to set spiritual boundaries. One of our spiritual boundaries is that I tithe because God that puts you in charge of my finances. Yes. One of my other spiritual boundaries is I have to get in contact with you every day. My other boundary is I have to learn something about you every day. These are boundaries that we need. These are one of my other boundaries. God, if you don't want me to have it, close the door. You know, these are boundaries that we have to keep. We have to set boundaries. If you don't set a boundary, it's like having an open fence in your life. All at all times. Anybody can come in. My house is unlocked. You can come in, steal from me, have your way. But we have to set not only natural boundaries, but spiritual boundaries so we can grow because it's the eternal thing that matters. Whatever you don't get down here, it don't matter. But I got to have a treasure in heaven. And if God means everything, then you're going to set some boundaries and parameters. And when we think about it, if we don't set boundaries at our age, then every generation gets watered down. And then, so so what is what, what will the, the next two generations do? God won't even be a consideration if they don't see the boundary set in our life. They need to catch you praying. They need to catch you reading the word. They need to catch you declaring the goodness and the, the blessings of the Lord. Yes, yes. So I came up with this definition. This is my definition of free. F. Forgive yourself and others. R, respect yourself by setting boundaries. E, express and evaluate your relationships. E, eliminate sin and echo the word of God. One more time, free, free. F, forgive yourself and others. R, respect yourself by setting boundaries. E, express and evaluate your relationships. E, eliminate sin and echo the word of God. Yes, yes. And also while we're talking about relationship, let's talk about this appreciation factor. We need to appreciate each other even the more as, you know, you see things happening. And I, and I know, you know, we haven't been able to touch each other. We haven't ever been able to hug each other. But it's nothing like showing appreciation. Show that appreciation. Gosh, it is so sad that most people's biggest celebration in life is their funeral. Come on. It's their funeral. That's their largest celebration. But we must learn to value each other. It doesn't cost you anything to reach out, check on somebody, love up on somebody. Who's living that you need to start appreciating? Mm -hmm. Start appreciating why they're living. Yes. Appreciate them. Yes. You know, 
I want you to think about it always like this. If, if that person didn't come home today, I want to feel like there is nothing I needed to say to them, whether it's I love you and I appreciate you. Delma and I had this thing. He could be watching the TV and I'll be like, hey, I love you and I appreciate you. And that's how we have to be with each other. Hey, I love you and I appreciate you. If you're not one with words, text it. But start loving and appreciating one one another. Even husbands and wives love and appreciate. Even the babies, the kids love and appreciate them. If you never saw your parents again, love and appreciate them. Love and appreciate them. And God knows. God knows. We need to do much better at appreciating our pastors. I'm not talking about you got to go out here and buy a Louis Vuitton bag, but just to say, I appreciate you, pastors. I appreciate you. Don't ever forget, not just our pastors, but your sisters and brothers, but never never forget what someone has done for you. Those are the people there that was working with you when you kept telling people yes, when you should have told them no. But I promise you, Live a life of appreciation. Appreciate them. Throw a note. Write a letter. Make a card. Do anything you have to do, but love and appreciate. appreciate. Let people have a celebration while they're living so that they know that you care. But I I encourage you to stay free. Stay free. free. I'm going to say that definition one more time. Free is forgive yourself and others. Respect yourself by setting boundaries. Express and evaluate your relationships. Eliminate sin and echo the word of God. Your power is in your mouth. Your tongue is the pen to your future. Your tongue is the pen to your future. Be encouraged. If anything happens, it's all right because God is with you. But it's time for a new norm. We can't come out of this thing the same. Yes, this is this is preschool. This is all of this stuff that I'm talking to you is preschool, preschool. but it's keys to freedom. Yes, so I encourage you to be free. Use your tongue. Use your mouth not to kill. And, and God knows, pray for opportunity before you speak. Always invite God into every situation or it's going to end in a wreck. Invite God in. Forgive and move forward. Your pen, your tongue is the pen to your future. Thank you for tuning in. 